Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, rivalry series are always fun, especially when you sweep the rivals. The Dodgers swept the Giants in a four-game series this weekend. We're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about the rivalry in general, what rivalries mean. We're going to look at the standings, uh, not just in the National League West, but in the major leagues. There's some weirdness going on there. So much fun stuff to talk about from this awesome four-game sweep of the Dodgers over the Giants. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you'll never miss a day because you know we're not going to. And if this is your first time watching or listening, my name is Jeff Snyder. My normal co-host is, co-host is Vince Samperio, but Vince is off today, so it's just me. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to Blue Nile dot com today all right the dodgers like i said in the opening the dodgers swept the giants this weekend vince talked a little bit about the first game of the series on friday's episode before my talk with justin from future dodgers about the dodgers draft if you didn't get a chance to check out that episode uh the last two segments of that episode are me talking to justin from future dodgers all about the dodgers draft uh from last week a lot of good information there so be sure to check that one out and this series you know that first game it was a big one because Going up against Carlos Rodon, throwing Mitch White on our side, that seems like on paper, that's the game you're most likely to lose. So for the Dodgers to be ahead and then blow that lead and then come back and win it, Mookie Betts with a huge clutch homer after a huge clutch triple by Trace Thompson, uh, it it was a great game. And we saw three more great games, all different kinds of great games. Uh, Friday night gave us a pitcher's duel. It was one-to-one until in the eighth inning, Cody Bellinger said, hey, how about five to one? How do you feel about that? Bellinger's Grand Slam was such a huge moment. One of those moments that that you're going to remember for a long time. There are big home runs and there are home runs that you see on highlight shows or see in, in montages or whatever. You're like, oh, man, I remember that one. Bellinger's home run off Yoan Lopez of the D-backs a couple years ago is one of those. When he hit the walk-off home run that pounded his chest in the direction of the D-backs bench because the Yoan Lopez had previously struck out jock peterson and pounded his chest so cody just kind of giving it back a little bit that's when you remember obviously you know charlie culberson's home run in 2016 in vince scully's last last home game uh there's so many home runs and this is one of those that i think we're going to remember just for the situation it's one-to-one it's against your biggest rivals no the this the division isn't close it's you know i'm going to talk more about rivalries in a minute but uh beating the giants is always fun and having cody bellinger who's struggling this year Going up against a lefty, uh, third straight lefty that Dave Roberts let bat against Sammy Long. And there were, you know, there were thoughts about, well, why is he letting these guys hit? Why don't you pinch hit for him? And Dave Roberts said after the game, I knew that Dominic Leone was warming up. And Roberts didn't quite say this, but what he was saying was, 
Dominic Leone is the better pitcher than Sammy Long. So if I pinch hit for these lefties, they're going to bring in the better pitcher. I'd rather have the worst pitcher in. And that's absolutely the right call. And, and it worked out. Jake Lamb got hit by a pitch to load up the bases. And Bellinger, 0-2 count. He could have gotten taken out of the bat really easily on, on the strike one pitch, uh, the pitch that became strike two. Bellinger was asking for timeout. It's kind of a weird little thing. Uh, batters have this rhythm that they're used to. And Pitchcom is th- kind of throwing it off because it used to be the rules said, uh, and I've been told that this rule changed because of Pitchcom. I haven't been able to confirm that, but that's what I've been told. But the rule book says that the pitcher has to be on the rubber when he's taking the signs for the catcher. And now they don't have to be. Catchers, you see it all the time. They're giving the signs. They're punching in their Pitchcom while the pitcher is just wandering around the mound. And so a batter is used to, here's the, our rhythm. The pitcher steps on the rubber. He looks in. He gets the sign. He comes set. And he pitches. And instead, what you're getting sometimes is pitcher steps on the rubber and he pitches because he already got the sign. And so Bellinger, on an 0-1 count, he was kind of expecting the rhythm. And when he realized, crap, Long's already pitching, he tried to ask for timeout, didn't get it. Uh, He took a pitch for strike two. And that very easily could have derailed that at bat. And we've talked a few times this year. Even though Cody Bellinger is struggling, you know, he hasn't been – I don't know what the word is. Head case is the word that comes to mind, and it's not quite accurate. Cody Bellinger isn't really a head case. He's, uh, but you know, he definitely has emotions sometimes when he's playing, especially at the plate. And so to not get taken out of that bat and to foul off some tough pitches and just kind of sitting on the curveball. And the Giants broadcast actually said you can tell that Bellinger's sitting on the on the curveball because of how late he is on the fastball. But he was fouling off the fastball, knowing if I get a curveball, that's a pitch I can actually do some damage to. And eventually Sammy Long threw him that curveball, and he kind of hung it, and Bellinger did some damage. He hit over the right field wall for a grand slam, kind of returning Darren Ruff's grand slam from the day before, except this time the Dodgers won the game because of it. And uh, it was just a huge moment for Bellinger, huge moment for the crowd, just electric crowd all weekend long. So much fun at Dodger Stadium. I wish I could have been there. And that moment for Bellinger kind of encapsulated the weekend. Just the Dodgers just doing what they needed to do. The Dodgers hit six home runs this weekend. Five of them came with two strikes. Uh, Overall this year, only a third of their home runs, 41 out of 123, exactly one third, have come with two strikes. They're like sixth or seventh in the league in two-strike homers. You know, it's fine, but it's nothing special. But now six of their last seven, going back their last one before the All-Star break, Freddie Freeman's home run against the Angels was with two strikes. Six of their last seven home runs have come with two strikes. And then on Sunday, we saw the Dodgers doing so much damage with two strikes and with two outs. And that the, the two-out stuff all weekend, a huge percentage of the Dodgers' runs all weekend were scored with two outs. And uh, it kind of reminded me of the 2020 postseason. Do you remember that? How many runs they scored with two outs? It was awesome. That's kind of what it felt like. And then on Sunday specifically, two strike hits. Uh, it, it, w- it was a weird little lineup Dave Roberts threw out there. Will Smith had the day off. Justin Turner is hurt. He got hurt this weekend. May or may not go on the injured list. We still don't know, but he didn't play after the first half of the first game of the series. And they put uh, Jake Lamb at cleanup, Gavin Lux fifth, Max Muncy sixth, and then Trace, Trace Thompson seventh. And it's a little bit interesting. Well, and in the first inning, it seemed like it was going to come back to bite them. Dodgers had first and third, nobody out. Jake Lamb strikes out. Gavin Lux strikes out. Now it's two outs. Max Muncy works a walk to load the bases. Trace Thompson grounds out. Uh, in the fifth inning also, 
those three guys, uh, Lamb, Muncy, Lamb, Lux, and Muncy, three quick outs to to save uh, Alex Cobb, his pitch count a little bit. But the other innings, third inning and later in the seventh, I think, huge, huge contributions from all three of those guys. In the end, all three of those guys, or all four of those guys, were on base. Uh, yeah, Lamb, Lux, Muncy, and Thompson, all were on base twice. Uh, Thompson, Lux, and Lamb each had two hits. Drove in, uh, Thompson and Lux drove in two runs each. Lamb and Muncy drove in one run each. Six of the Dodgers' seven runs were driven in by those four guys who might have, before the game, had people scratching their heads a little bit. So it goes to show you a lot of things. One is that lineup construction it doesn't really matter that much. But also, these are all good major league hitters. That's the difference. The Dodgers this year, last year, they didn't always have a lineup full of major league hitters. This year, they pretty much do almost every game you know the the one close exception is austin barnes in this in this game will smith actually had a full day off which he hardly ever does usually when he's not catching his dh and this time he had the full day off austin barnes is batting ninth well guess what he had a hit in a walk and uh yeah it was on base twice so it was all in all this team even their bad lineups quote-unquote bad lineups are good compared to most teams lineups because they start with mookie trey and freddie that lineup it's hard to beat that uh, so, I mean, the whole weekend was a lot of fun. There's still a ton more to talk about with this. I, we're, I'm going to talk a little bit about just rivalry thoughts in general. Going to have a little bit of news about Andrew Heaney and some weirdness in the standings. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every day. And please keep it Locked On Dodgers. Hey, whether you are ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. If you want to propose and you want a unique engagement ring, look, you could go down to the mall. There's like six jewelry stores at your mall, right? Go down there. They're going to have a beautiful engagement ring that you can buy. And guess what? Anybody else can buy it too. They, they'll, as soon as you buy one, they're going to put an identical one on the shelf. So the next sucker can buy it with BlueNile.com. You can customize it online. You can say, I want this shape diamond, this size diamond. I want this setting. I want everything you can customize so that the ring that you end up buying is totally unique, as unique as your relationship. That's perfect. And if you don't know what you want, BlueNile.com, they have a jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available by a phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget, whether it's an engagement ring or just a special occasion or no occasion at all. Just want to buy jewelry for that special someone. BlueNile.com's experts can help you do it. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, guys, I am back here. Thank you again for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every day. It really does mean the world to us. We love talking Dodgers with you. We're going to be talking about the Dodgers anyway. We're glad that you're here listening to us or watching us, and it means a lot to us. Uh, I want to talk about rivalries a little bit. This Giants series, when the series started, the Dodgers were up by 12 and a half games on the Giants. The Giants aren't the Dodgers' biggest threat in the division this year. Uh, The Padres are in second place. And yet, this was a rivalry series. When the Padres come to town, it's exciting uh, because they are currently the competition in the division. I might have to start putting competition in quotes, though, because uh, I think the 
Padres are down by 11 and a half games now after Sunday. Ugh, it's a bummer. The Padres won two out of three games of their series with the Mets and ended up a game and a half farther back than they were at the All-Star break because the Dodgers played four games and won all four of them. Dodgers go 4-0, and Padres go 2-1, and Dodgers gain a game and a half. And uh, it's just, you know, rough time to be a Padre fan. Javi Reyes, you have my condolences, and they are totally sincere. I feel super bad for you. Uh, but when the Padres do come to town, yeah, there's a, a rivalry on the field because when the Padres are competing with the Dodgers, what makes the Giants rivalry special? And, you know, I, I honestly believe when, when people have the argument, is Dodgers-Padres a rivalry or not? Usually what this means was, do you and I define the word rivalry the same or not? Because in one case, of course, it's a rivalry. They're in the same division. They're battling for the same division title. You know, the, the phrase division rivals exists. But I think for me, when I hear the word rivalry, I'm not just talking about competition on the field. I'm talking about these teams don't like each other. These teams have a competition with each other, even when the standings aren't close. They're, even when the... I used to joke that the the Giants fan, a Giants fan definition of a good season is either the Giants coming in first place or the Dodgers not coming in first place. And uh, you know what? That's why Giants fans have been sad a little bit lately. Uh, and sometimes the Dodgers come in first place and the Giants still win the World Series like in 2014. But uh, you're not going to get that every year with Madison Bumgarner forgetting that he's a good pitcher and thinking he's the best pitcher in the history of the world. Anyway, uh, this rivalry between the Dodgers and Giants has been going on for over a hundred years. It's been going on on two different coasts of the country and it's been continuous. So the Padres, a good start. 2020 was a really good start to a potential rivalry with the Dodgers. Uh, but the fact is right now, I, and I think I, I wouldn't say I speak for Dodger fans. I would never presume to speak for Dodger fans, but I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of Dodger fans feel the same way as I do about the Padres, which is I care about them in as much as it affects the Dodgers. So the farther back in the standings, the Padres drop, the less I even care. If the Padres were to drop below, so the Giants were in second place, I wouldn't think about the Padres again, except when they were playing the Dodgers. And and that's kind of the difference. And you know when the when the Padres come to town in in a couple of weeks, a week or two, yeah, it, it'll be fun if the Dodgers can sweep them like they did the Giants. But it's not, not going to be quite the same feeling, even though the Padres are more of a competitor because the Dodgers and Giants have this history. And so, like I said, the series was almost meaningless. I, there's no such thing as a meaningless series, but the the pod the Giants aren't competing for the division title. The Dodgers didn't even necessarily need these wins. The Dodgers could have got swept by the Giants and they'd still be up by like eight games in over the Padres in the division. Uh, and so it's not that big a deal. Uh, and yet we cared. The fans showed up, packed the stadium. Everybody cares about Dodgers-Giants games. Every Dodger fan, every Giants fan, that's what makes a rivalry. And so... Yeah, I, I I applaud the Padres for trying to become a rivalry. Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say I applaud their fans because a lot of them are obnoxious and just kind of, you know, not understanding really what a rivalry is. Yeah, of course, we're paying attention to the Padres. Yeah, we sometimes make jokes about them. They are the Dodgers' current competition in the division. Uh, I almost made a joke today. I, I saw a uh, MLB The Show commercial 
and the graphics are so good i thought it was real until i saw that fernando tatis jr was playing so i knew it must be a video game because he doesn't actually play anymore does he um but i didn't tweet that out because i don't want giant or padres fans to think i care it's just a joke about fernando tatis you know um but this rivalry between the Dodgers and giants made this series so much fun cody belger hitting a grand slam would be fun anytime to beat to break a 1-1 tie in the bottom of the eighth inning against the Giants, it was huge. Mookie Betts home run in the eighth inning on Friday or Thursday night to break a 6-6 tie. So much more fun because it's the Giants. This game on Sunday, the big hits, the big two-out hits from unexpected sources. Yeah, it being against the Giants makes it feel a little bit better. And the game on Saturday, it was a, it was maybe the most boring of the of the four games. Dodgers were up four to nothing, but even then you got back-to-back homers from Mookie and Trey. Later on, Freddie homered first time as Dodgers that all three of them have homered in the same game. So it's it was you know the whole series being against the Giants, sweeping them, extending the lead over the Padres, extending the, the Giants are sixteen and a half back now. The Giants are a lot closer to last place than they are to first place. They might be closer to last place than they are to second place. Let's see. They are uh, five games behind the Padres for second place and six games ahead of the D-backs for last place. Uh, I mean, putting a dagger in the Giants, that's fun. Great series. So much fun to to watch, fun to talk about. I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk about the standings, a little bit of weirdness going on, especially when you look at the the race for overall best record in MLB. Some weirdness, and it's kind of fun. I'm also going to give a little update on Andrew Heaney. So thank you again for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every day, and please keep it locked on Dodgers. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, I am back for one last segment, and I promise you we'll take a look at the standings. Uh, I, I was looking today, and yeah, the Dodgers are 11 and a half games up on the Padres. Uh, I was looking at the wild card standings too. Uh, what, you know, because I noticed on baseball reference, if you go to the Dodgers page, it says they have greater than 99.9% chance of making the postseason. Uh, that basically means it's almost guaranteed. Um, and so right now, the Padres would be the second wildcard team. Now that they have three wildcard teams in each league, uh, the first wildcard team would be the Braves, second would be the Padres, and third would be the Cardinals. Uh, so how far are the Dodgers ahead of the Cardinals for that spot? Uh, they are uh, – Cardinals are 51 and 46. The Dodgers are 64 and 30. That means 13 more wins, 16 fewer losses – Average those out. That means the Dodgers are 14 and a half games ahead of the Cardinals. Uh, and even if uh, I, if I'm doing this right, it's actually not even the Cardinals we're worried about. It's that fourth spot because the Dodgers, uh, as long as they're better than that fourth wild card or fourth person in the wild card race, the Dodgers would be that third wild card team. So it looks like the fourth place is the Phillies right now, and the Phillies are 49 and 46 which means the Dodgers have 15 more wins, 
16 fewer losses than the Phillies. So they are 15 and a half games ahead of, so they're in that, uh, they'd have to drop 15 and a half games to drop out of a playoff spot. That's pretty huge. Looking though at the, the race for best record in baseball, the Dodgers right now, well, let's look at best record in the national league. The Dodgers are 64 and 30. The Mets are 59 and 37. So five fewer wins, uh, seven more losses is what the, the, the Mets have compared to the Dodgers, which means that they are six games behind the Dodgers. So the Dodgers have a six game cushion on the Mets for best record in the national league. When you look at the best record in the majors, that's where it gets funny. I mentioned Dodgers are 64 and 30. The Yankees are 66 and 31. Now, uh, just a, I hope you're not too bored by math stuff. I find this stuff interesting. When you're when you're calculating games back, what you do is you say, okay, the team in front, how many more wins do they have, and how many fewer losses do they have? Add those two numbers together, and then divide by two. So you're taking the average of the advantage in wins and the advantage of losses, average that out, and that's your games back. So uh, when we're when we're looking at the Dodgers. The Dodgers are, they have 10 more wins than the Padres and 13 fewer losses. 10 plus 13, 23, divided by two, 11 and a half. That's why the Dodgers are 11 and a half games up on the Padres. But Dodgers 64 and 30, the Yankees are 66 and 31. So the Yankees have played three more games than the Dodgers. Uh, the Yankees have two more wins than the Dodgers. They also have one more loss. So if you take the Yankees, two more wins, and then add a negative one, because they don't have fewer losses than the Dodgers. They have one more loss. So two minus one, cut that in half. That means that by games back, the, the Yankees are actually a half a game ahead of the Dodgers. And yet, the Yankees winning percentage is 680, and the Dodgers winning percentage is 681. <laughs> the reason for that is because, they, well, <laughs> this is why teams need to play the same number of games. Because sometimes you can have this weirdness when they haven't played the same number of games and when both teams are really good. Basically, look at it this way. If the Dodgers were to lose or to win two of their next, no, uh, lose, no, win two of their next three games. If they went two and one their next three games, their record would be 66 and 31, which is the same record the Yankees currently have. So that's that would, if the Dodgers went two and one, they'd have the same record the Yankees currently do. And yet, because the Dodgers have won more than two-thirds of their games overall this year, winning two-thirds of their next three games would actually make them a worse team. And so by games back, the Dodgers are half a game back of the Yankees. By winning percentage, the Dodgers are ahead of the Yankees because both teams are so good that the Dodgers basically need to win their next three games to not lose ground on where they are right now. So it's a it's a funny little thing. Um, but that's why it is a good thing that teams play the same number of games. I don't know what they do if, for if somehow, uh, I guess they just make sure that the teams got their games in. But if, since it is theoretically possible to have one team be ahead according to games back and the other one ha actually have a better record, uh, I don't know what they do. So it, I guess it's probably never going to come up, but it's a fun little thing. I remember, I don't know if it was during the pandemic season there was some weirdness and we saw this with the Yankees and Red Sox at one point, like one of them had a better winning percentage and the other one was ahead by games back, but it's just a temporary thing in the middle of the season. 
and as long as they all get their 162 games in, it's not going to end up that way. But however you slice it, the Dodgers are basically, they have the best record in baseball right now. They have the best winning percentage of baseball. That's huge. The Yankees had a big lead on that. And the Dodgers have won 18 of their last 20 games. If you look at uh, after June 28th, the Dodgers were 45 and 28. The Dodgers are now 64 and 30, which means they've won 19 of their last 21 games. I undersold them a little bit. They have gone 19 and two since then. Dodgers were already in first place after June 28th. They were already a game and a half up on the, the Padres. Now they're 11 and a half up, having gone 19 and two. And the Padres, it's not like the Padres have fallen off, really. The Padres have a decent record. They're, they are only five and five in their last 10 games. Interesting. The whole National League West, the Dodgers are just running away with it. Dodgers are nine and one in their last 10. Padres, Giants, and Rockies are all five and five, and the D backs are four and six. Uh, the Dodgers are the only team in the National League better than six and four in their last 10 games. And uh, in the American League, you've got the Blue Jays, eight and two. I guess it doesn't. We don't care about the American League. What are you doing, Jeff? Anyway, all this to say the Dodgers are playing really, really well right now. We've said a couple of weeks ago they, the Dodgers were doing really well and they hadn't really even got hot. I think they're hot right now. I think there's no two ways around it. They now get to play the Nationals for a few games, which is exciting because the Nationals are not very good. Then they get the Rockies for four games in Colorado. That kind of sucks. Kershaw's next star is going to come in Colorado. Uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen in Colorado. That stupid, stupid place to play baseball. Um but yeah, their next seven games come against the Nationals and the Rockies, two bad teams, and then four more with the Giants in San Francisco, and then they come home for a three-game series with the Padres. Uh, and all in all, like I, I crunched the numbers last week. I told you guys the math about how the Dodgers were unlikely to blow this lead. Well, guess what? Four games down, add another game and a half to the to the lead, and everything becomes even less likely that the Dodgers blow this division lead. And really we're, we're playing for best record in baseball now. So that's, that's going to do it for me today. Fun, fun series. I hope you guys are taking the time to appreciate how much fun it is to be a Dodger fan right now. They're really, really good. And they are committed to being good. Yeah. The bullpen, maybe, maybe we saw some little flaws, Reyes Maranta's time. He might be optioned soon, as soon as he can be. Andrew Heaney is coming back. Uh, this week, hopefully to pitch on Wednesday, I think they said, against the the Nationals and the Dodgers will go with a six-man rotation at least one time through. Robert said probably not more than that one time through. So maybe Mitch White's time is, is short as a member of the rotation. Uh, but Reyes Maranta and Phil Bickford both have options. Both of them have struggled some. Bickford looked better on Sunday, but he also faced the bottom of the order. It was really good managing by Dave Roberts to put him in a position to succeed. They both have options, so they'll both spend at least some time at AAA at some point this season. Uh, David Price, who knows what his standing is going to be when Blake Trennan comes back, when Dustin May comes back. There's going to be needs on the 40-man roster, and David Price seems like maybe a casualty of that coming up. Who knows what's going to happen, but right now the Dodgers are playing really good baseball. It's not perfect, but it's really good, and they're not showing any signs of slowing down. So that's going to do it for me. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, check out the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. 
Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. If you're not watching or listening to Locked On Dodgers every day, we would love if you had one or two days a month to your rotation. If you have friends or family who love the Dodgers as much as you do, please tell them about the show. Maybe they'll like it. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Samperio. I am on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places if you want to get a hold of us. You can also email us, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, or send us a voicemail or a text at 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.